Dear Lord, we thank you again for another opportunity to get into your word as it is written, to understand what you have left us to be able to walk out the purpose that you have for our life. We know that there's much wickedness that is going around the world today. Evil in every corner, at every turn, and it's being normalized. But we know that in the midst of all this, we are still called to be the salt of the earth and a light on the hill that we are supposed to shine the light of Christ. We, as we get into this word, we pray that we will take heed of what's in this word so that we can live as you commanded us to live and do all that you commanded us to do. We give you the glory and the honor. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. We're going to continue our series regarding the parables that Jesus shared about heaven, what heaven looks like. Uh, these seven parables are one of the most important teachings believers need to realize, need to get into, study, and look into it intently because there's so many lies and misunderstandings and half-truths about who's actually going to be saved, who's going to heaven. You got the sinner's prayer that once you come into a church, you say that prayer, you got your golden ticket, no more are you obligated to do anything according to these ministers, you have been locked in to the kingdom of heaven. Yet this is nowhere in the Bible. There's nothing that can support the sinner's prayer. And then you have the idea that all you have to do is act like you believe, put on a show, fake it till you make it, and one day you'll arrive. But in these seven parables, the array of false truths, of deceptive stories that are told, fables, Christ eradicates. And he clearly shows us what heaven will look like. Who will be there and who will not be there. And again, it's not anything to do with the kingdom of heaven is like those who said the name of Jesus, those who believed, those who confessed. He did not say that. He gave parables, explanations, teachings. He painted very vivid pictures of those who got into heaven because of obedience. So tonight, we're going to look at the parable of a king that wanted to settle his accounts. And in this parable, it explains to us that if we don't forgive, if we don't let go of what someone has done to us, we will not go to heaven. There is no room in heaven for unforgiveness, period. And when we look at this parable, before Jesus actually gives this description in Matthew's uh, chapter 18, in verse 15, he starts off talking to his disciples, explaining how to handle a brother that sins against you. And he, he breaks it down to where he said, if you go to the person by yourselves quietly, 
by yourself, you and that person, a one-on-one discussion about someone who offended you, who sinned against you, and you tell them that they offended you and they hear you, the Bible says that you gain a brother, that they you restore the relationship. He said, but if they will not hear you, he says, take one or two more, and by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. He's saying, go with some friends, go with some people who uh, can be a witness. And it says, if they, if they refuse after that, it says, then tell it to the church. And if they refuse even to hear the church, it says, let him be to you like a heathen or a tax collector. Basically, they shouldn't be among the believers. They shouldn't be among the brotherhood. So basically get rid of that person if they don't want to hear. If they don't want to repent. All right. And we're going to uh, skip down to. Where Jesus starts talking about this parable. He starts gives this parable about forgiveness. And verse 21, then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to 70 times. And Jesus said, I do not say to you up to seven times but up to 70 times seven. Therefore, he goes on to say, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle his accounts, one, of, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. Now today that's equivalent to a few million dollars. His servant, particularly had a pretty large debt with the king. And the, the, the servant told him, he said he was not able to pay. And his master commanded him to be sold with his wife and his children and all he had and that payment be made. So the king not only wanted to, uh, you know, basically get rid of this servant and his whole family and everything he had, he wanted his money back. He wanted what he had lent to the servant. And the servant couldn't pay it back. Then the servant fell down in verse 26 before him saying, Master, have patience with me. I will pay you all. Then the master of the servant was moved with compassion, released him and forgave him the debt. Isn't that amazing? Millions of dollars. And all he did was say, you know what? I will pay you. Just have patience. And he went the extra mile and just completely wiped the debt clean. Must be nice. I'm sure some of us out there can use a king like that right now. <laughs> and verse 28, here goes the servant. He says, but the servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii, which is equivalent to a few dollars in our, in our currency. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, pay me what you owe me. So his servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, have patience with me. I will pay you all. And he would not. But he went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what he had done, they, they were very grieved. And came and told the master all that had been done. 
Then the master, after he had called him, he said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have compassion on your fellow servant, just that I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. In verse 35, this is the part that you don't really hear a lot about. We hear about the forgive 70 times 7. But this is the scripture people kind of drop off at. It says, so my heavenly father will also do to each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. Jesus Christ tells a very, very detailed story of what heaven will be like. And this example here of a king who wanted to settle disputes showed us that this servant, this servant who he called a wicked servant, he said that he was blessed by the king to have all his debt paid. All of it. And he went out and found somebody who owed him some money. And, and this guy was aggressive. He, he, the Bible says that he laid hands on the man, took him by the throat. I mean, even the king didn't operate like that. And he, he was a king. He could have did that. He could have been as aggressive or even worse. But not only did he take him by the throat, demanding his money, he refused to give the servant, his fellow servant time to pay back the debt and just threw him in prison. You know, this is a very awesome story equivalent to the experiences of a lot of us who say we believe in Jesus Christ. We get offended by people. Sometimes we bring it on ourselves. Other times we have no responsibility for what happened. Things just happen to us. And because we get into this self-righteous, self-centered place about the things that happen to us, we don't want to forgive people. We feel like, well, you know, they really hurt me. They really devastated me. You know, I, they, they, they've messed my life up. And Jesus Christ is saying here, if you don't forgive that person, then you will not be in heaven. Remember now, he's saying the kingdom of heaven shall be like. Even though it says in the end, so my father will do also to you. If you don't forgive from your heart. He's talking about what heaven looked like. He's not talking about right now in the present. He said when you stand before God. And you come there with unforgiveness for your brother, for somebody who you should have. Uh, forgave. As Jesus Christ said, 70 times seven, say, you won't get into heaven. You'll be tortured. And it's not like, you know, the, the, the parable here, he's talking about how he was tortured until all was due. Once you die, once your, your soul returns to God, there isn't going to be a temporary punishment for uh, not getting into heaven. It's going to be everlasting. That is the punishment that is due for sin. And unforgiveness is a sin. I, 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 I know you probably say, well, you don't know what they did to me. 
you don't know how bad it hurt me. Uh, but according to this parable, the king was not concerned with the unforgiving servant as far as what was done, how much he owed or was owed by his fellow servant. Very, very important to look at this. What's also important to realize is that they were servants of the same master. One didn't serve another master and one didn't have a different. They both had the same master. Because Jesus is telling a parable about brothers. He's telling a parable about those that are in the faith. And he's saying that one that won't see God and spend eternity with him won't be happy when he arrives uh, to meet him on judgment day will be that one servant who was wicked. And the wickedness he's outlining here is unforgiveness. We have to forgive those who offended us. It is paramount if we want to spend eternity with God. And, and he gives a, I love how the Bible shows it was 10,000 talents. And then the other guy had 100 denarii, completely different uh, debts. One debt completely outweighed the other. There was no comparison whatsoever. A few few dollars versus millions. God is telling us, look, I don't forgave you all those sins you committed, all those trespasses against me. I've wiped them clean. I forgave your debt because you begged me. You asked for it. But yet you can't forgive that person who afflicted you in a way that doesn't even compare the things that you've done to me. Deliver them over to the torturers is what the Bible says. One of the biggest reasons why people struggle mentally, why they are tortured mentally, is because they won't forgive. You know, it's this, well, you don't understand. God never said, hey, I understand that you're going through it. So you can stay in that place of unforgiveness. That trespass is supposed to be taken care of immediately not when we feel like it not when we think it's okay not when we not when we believe there's enough time to pass unforgiveness is a sin and you can't have treatment for sin you cannot get therapy to deal with sin we have to make a decision to overcome sin and then this story here, it comes down to us forgiving, letting it go. Is it worth your soul to hold on to what someone did to you? Someone who probably isn't thinking one thought about what they did to you. Yet we are in bondage, not only uh, in the enemy's bondage, but we're in bondage in our minds. No peace, no joy, because we keep on rehashing the events and never forgiving these people who offended us. I can tell you that God wants to heal the things that was done to us. He wants to set us free. But 
unfortunately, we keep picking the wound. Every time that person's name comes up in your mind or you see them again, how you respond eternally, because, you know, we, we do a good job at hiding. We get put, do a good job at painting on a face when people come around. But that that unforgiveness is a sin of the heart. And you know how you feel every time so-and-so's name is brought up or something reminds you of that experience. That's how you know if you forgave or not. And nowhere in here, as I said before, is there any leeway to say, well, you know what, I'm going to forgive them when I feel better. I'm going to forgive them next year. We all stand before God with a huge debt. And when we come into this faith, we are born again, baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. That debt gets paid. But God will throw that debt up in our face on Judgment Day if we don't forgive the people that offended us. There is no space in heaven for hatefulness. And this is something we as believers truly need to understand. We can't make provisions for the flesh to say, well, you know what? I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a hate you or I'm not going to forgive you because... What you did just is on such a high level of disrespect. You got to find that in scripture. Because the Bible says we ought to try to live at peace with all men. Absolutely. Some people you might not be able to live at peace with. But that should not give you the green light to say I'm not going to forgive. We can set ourselves free mentally, emotionally, spiritually. By simply letting go. I, I, I One of my greatest experiences in this, I've had tons of them. I've been railroaded so many times. Some things I brought on myself, other things that just came down my road. And I was looking at 25 years in prison. It was the act of forgiveness that not only brought me out of a deep, 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 state of spiritual depression, but it also brought me out of that situation 100%. And not only did I come out 100%, but through obedience, I heard God give me uh, the direction to pray for people who were in the same situation and they got set free. There are times that we are going through it and sometimes it's not for us. Sometimes is for someone else. But we'll never hear what God is saying to us. We'll never hear this. We'll never realize it because we don't forgive. Just like the servant. Just like the wicked servant. One of the reasons he was set free from his debt so that he can set someone else free from their debt. But all that falling down, crying, that he did, putting on that show for the king, that wasn't truly in his heart. If it was, his actions would have followed up with that when he saw his fellow servant that owed him a few dollars. He would have forgave that individual just like the king forgave him. When I look at this, one thing I clearly see in this, in this teaching here is that none of us, according to this phenomenal teaching that Jesus Christ gives us, None of us 
is worthy of holding something against someone else. If we compare ourselves to the things that we know we do, maybe other people don't know we do it. Maybe don't everybody don't know our past, our history, but we know the truth is what we've done to God is in no comparison to what people have done to us. So let's make that decision to forgive. Let's make that decision to let go. Or else we are standing in condemnation. This eradicates that lie that all you have to do is say Jesus. Nowhere in the Bible do this statement holds up. That I'm going to just say Christ Jesus and that's it. There's actions that we have to take as believers. We have to take steps and it's a daily walk. It's a continuous lifelong journey with Christ because he himself said, those who endure to the end shall be saved. So we can't walk around here talking about, I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe that God had sent them uh, to be our savior, to die on the cross for our sins, rose again on the third day. And we walk around here hateful. And we don't believe what we read. It's just, that's the plain truth. If we believe that our debts was paid, by what Christ did on the cross, then shouldn't we act like that and forgive other people their debts against us? Such an important, such an important piece to this faith. Christ hung on the cross, being whipped, he had nails in his hand and his feet, thorn on his head, pierced in his side, and he says, forgive them for they know not what they do. That was one of the very last statements Christ made before he went to go battles for the keys to hell, death, and the grave. And if Christ wouldn't have forgave, he wouldn't have came out of that grave. So a lot of us, we're stuck in graves mentally and emotionally because we won't forgive. Did it hurt? Was it painful? Is it stressful? Does it still come up in your mind? Probably do. But each time it comes up, you have to decide. Are you going to hold on to it? Are you going to continue to allow it to frustrate you? It's just like any other wound you get. Right? You fall off a bike and, and, and scrape up your leg. You walk around, you're going to feel that wound. You're going to feel that. But are you going to let it be healed? Or are you going to just keep picking at it and picking at it and picking at it? Even if it hurts, you have to leave it alone, let it go. So God allow you to get to a place where that wound don't bother you anymore. But those are instant actions we have to take as we're walking this faith out, as we're walking out this, this lifestyle of being a believer, not this, I just said Jesus and I'm good to go. No such thing. We can't believe it is. If we believe it is, then uh, we've been hoodwinked. We've been bamboozled. And sadly, it's at the expense of our soul. So I want to encourage everyone to forgive. Forgive your childhood. Forgive your ex. Forgive that boss, the kids, or whoever that has treated you in a way you believe you don't deserve. And remember who forgave and ultimately still continues to forgive the things we do every day 
that is not pleasing to God. The Bible says that he is, Christ is on the right, at the right hand of God interceding on our behalf. Basically, he is the mediator speaking to the judge continuously saying, give him another chance. Give him more grace. To me, I don't think that is in any comparison to anything someone's ever done to me. You, you want to go to another level. You want to finally receive that peace, that joy, that happiness. Then you got to let go. I remember when I knew I completely let go of facing that 25-year prison sentence, and I wasn't even free yet. It was my last day of court, and I had such a joy. I smiled all day. I didn't know I was going to be set free. I didn't know what the outcome was going to be, but I had a sense of peace came all over me. Because inside of me, I completely let go. And it turned out in a way I could never, ever imagine. And it is a testimony for me today as I continuously share. God wants to take the messes in our life and turn them into a message of hope. He wants to take the test that we've been through that we need to pass so they can turn out to be a testimony of who he is. He can take any situation that we've been through it doesn't matter if it happened to us when we were three years old. He can still take that situation and turn it around to be a blessing in our life. I never thought before I faced 25 years in prison that that would be one of the biggest testimonies I would tell people to encourage them. And I don't know how many people will come to me crying and they just be overjoyed. It's like I couldn't put the book down. You encourage me. You inspire me. You know, I was thinking about taking my life, and then I read your book. All these different things that gives me joy to hear because I look back over what I've been through and I say, man, it only God did that. It reassures a lot of things in my life that, yes, I am called. Yes, I am his child. Yes, I am being sanctified. These are some of the questions a lot of us struggle with because we still hold on to the things that are from our past. We still keep these things as badges. We wear these things as, as badges and shields to deflect what God is trying to give us, that peace, the joy, the happiness. And we stay, unfortunately, in bondage, never getting to see the other side of the problem, never getting to, never get to experience what's behind the door of all the hell we've been through. We gotta repent, which means to turn from this unforgiveness. And then we can get to that place where even though it was a storm that rocked our world, we can actually smile about it. Only God can do something like that. Not a therapist, not medication. All that stuff is to treat the problem, and in the day it won't fix the problem because it's spiritual. There is no medication in the world that can fix spiritual problems. Only obedience. So forgive, let go, move past, give it to God. Every time it comes up, every time the devil tries to throw it back up in your face again with some experience or event, 
If somebody says something or give it to God, let it go. That's what he wants to do because he let go of your debt. I mean, if I was that servant owing somebody millions of dollars and, the, and I begged the king to, to give me another chance or give me some time to pay it and he completely wipes the debt free, shoot, you wouldn't find me nowhere doing nothing other than being happy and telling folks how great this king is. He wiped my debt clean. Well, let's forgive and let's let go. Let's not believe this facade that all we have to do is say Jesus and that's a done deal. Hatefulness and unforgiveness will not make it into the kingdom of heaven. Christ himself said it. We need to apply this truth so we can not only walk in peace while we are here, but we can have everlasting peace when this life is over. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for allowing us to speak the truth. Lord, I pray that those who hear this word will make the decision to forgive and not forfeit an opportunity to have peace while they live on this earth. And most importantly, to be able to live with you for eternity. We pray that obedience will take precedence over how we feel and what we think about the situation regardless of how long it's been or how devastating it was. We give you the glory and the honor. In your holy name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.